The deletion of the mandate of disclosing the particulars of contributions violates the right to information of the voter since they would not possess information about the political party to which the contribution was made. Information which is necessary for exercising an informed vote is unconstitutional. With that, the Supreme Court came crashing down on the electoral bond scheme, which positioned itself as the harbinger of campaign finance reform, but in implementation, just legalized further opacity in election funding. So India finds itself once again at the crossroads of PESA and politics. While transparency campaigners are claiming victory, as they recall what it took to shake the system up. You cannot participate in governance till you have the information. So I filed RTIs and they started, in fact, and 17 and the 18. I started filing an election commission and my RTI no question asked, only filed. But the worries of what next remain. In a country where election expenditure has soared beyond belief, in fact, becoming the most expensive elections in the world, reports from the Central Media Studies showcased that the 2019 election costed almost 60,000 crores. And the figure that is being put to task for the upcoming election is 1 lakh crore. One has to wonder if clean and non-corrupt electoral funding is an oxymoron. We picked the brains of two former chief election commissioners, one who served when the scheme of electoral bonds was in fact implemented, to understand if this is a lost battle or is there light at the end of the tunnel. Most of the democracies are struggling with this, but they are not able to find an optimum solution. So everywhere, it is work in progress. Democratic polity will have to keep on struggling with all the stakeholders to bring about something which is acceptable to all, as well as which is transparent enough to sovereign voter. There should be a national election fund where donors can donate from there, it will be distributed uh, to political parties according to the formula. Because you're not giving it to any party yourself. You're just giving it to the pool. It's Monday, February 19th. I'm your host Anupriya Nair. And with me will be Anubhuti Vishnu and Raghav Ori of ET as we decode if it is feasible to fix the funding flaws in Indian elections here on The Morning Brief. So we kick it off with the basic, with my colleague Raghavori, who's ET's editor of investigations, on what the Apex Court has done. The Supreme Court has struck down the electoral bond scheme of uh, January 2018, holding it violative of the right to information of a voter. Also, the Apex Court has held that it is violative of Article 14, which is equality before law. It has held that it is not a foolproof scheme and there's a lot of lacunas, so to speak, by which the anonymity of a contributor stroke donator to a political party can be retained. Primarily on these grounds, the Supreme Court has struck down the electoral bond scheme. This was heard by a five-member constitutional bench, and it was quite an elaborate hearing, both from the side of uh, the petitioners and the respondents, that is the center. It's been there in the hanging fire in the Supreme Court for quite some time. In fact, shortly after the amendments were introduced in September 2017 and January 2018, two NGOs, the Association of Democratic Reforms or ADR and Common Cause, as well as the Communist Party of India or CPIM, filed petitions in the Supreme Court challenging those amendments. 
and noted in these petitions as the case continued were documents obtained by retired Commodore Batra, who had filed over 80 RTI requests to dig out information about the scheme. I am basically a former naval officer, rather the retired activist. I call myself transparency campaigner, not the activist. And my job is after serving the Navy for a good 36 years. And since then I am working on reforms. As I know, you cannot participate in governance till you have the information. So I filed RTIs and they started, in fact, end 17, early 18. I started filing an election commission and my RTM, no question asked, only filed. Because the subject is amendment to Sinus Act 2017. Everything comes under that. Various amendments to various acts, like 4X were changed. Like the bond was the offshoot of those, like RBI Act, the change. That was very serious. And then they went for Income Tax Act. And the worst serious was corporate tax. Where they used to give donation of seven and a half percent to the allowed of the profit of last year. They took away that clause. I found that there was a letter of 26th of uh, May 2017 letter written by Election Commission to Legislative Department of uh, Law Ministry. They gave the comments on each of the act they were amending, how it is retrograde step. Very strong letter was sent to Legislative Department. So their legislative file is sent to Department of Economic Affairs. Day after processing for five, six days, they sent, circulated my RTI to their various division of the this thing. And one of the division of that categorically said, I agree with the election commission. But in the meantime, they said, there's no concern. So they sent to Department of Revenue. And Revenue never answered it. But that was just North Block. About a thousand kilometers away was a finance regulator who was yet to weigh in on what was a sweeping change in how money is moved for the purpose of politics. The sad story was that before the budget, they suddenly remembered budget speech on 1st February 2017. Oh, RBI So they quickly adopted out a letter sent to RBI on a weekend sort of thing. And then RBI replied in, I think it must have worked overnight, replied and disagreed with that. Somebody in the Ministry of uh, Finance, he said, up to budget speech, uh, and probably RBI has not understood. It's too late. It was like, well, there was no way the government wanted to leave this project in spite of various resistance. Then, not only this, the law ministry, when the draft was being made for electoral uh, board, even law ministry, you can't have promissory note. RBI said, is a promissory note is like a currency note. It is our powers, but they went ahead and amended their law also. But the Reserve Bank of India was not the only regulator or supervisor that opposed the electoral bond scheme. The Election Commission had its fair share of opposition. When uh, the finance bill brought about this uh, scheme, as well as the amendments to Companies Act, the Act on Income Tax Act, Election Commission had raised certain concerns that erode transparency in campaign financing. It will uh, give rise to shell companies to root black money for campaign financing. It will uh, deprive the voter to know who is financing whom, which kind of money is uh, stopping up which political party or candidates. 
So all these concerns were uh, communicated to the government of India through law ministries. And uh, we were told that uh, right now there is no scheme. It is only just a uh, beginning. So let us await formulation of scheme. And then I think a scheme was formulated in 2018, uh, early January, most probably. And uh, when a scheme was available, then again, uh, Election Commission reiterated all these concerns because none of the concerns were addressed in the scheme. We were briefed by the Ministry of Finance and Election Commission was still uncomfortable with it. Then Election Commission thought, let us see one or two tranches of uh, this electoral bond and how does it work when the political parties file the returns. That was Mr. O.P. Rawat, who was the Chief Election Commissioner when the electoral bond scheme was implemented in 2018. In fact, another former CEC, Mr. S.Y. Qureshi, recalls how the scheme was a shocker to the guardians of free and fair elections. When the scheme was introduced by late Barun Jetliji, his very first sentence was very significant. He said that without transparency of political funding, free and fair elections are not possible. Now, this was music to our ears. His second sentence was equally good. He said that for the last 70 years, we have failed to achieve that uh, transparency. Now, the normal expectation was that the third sentence will tell us how he is going to bring about that transparency, which has been eluding us for 70 years. But third sentence, he cancelled whatever he had said in the first two. And he uh, mentioned about the, the electoral bond. And whatever transparency which then existed was wiped out in one stroke. To dig deeper into the concerns that the Election Commission had, I turned to senior editor at ET, Anubhuti Vishnoi. So amendments made in the Finance Act 2017, which brought about changes not only in the Income Tax Act, but the Companies Act. Uh, what the Commission said was this amendment has a serious impact on transparency aspect of political finance and financing of funding of political parties. It also said that, you know, the several clauses need to be reconsidered and modified so that it can provide for a transparent reporting of contributions received by political parties through electoral bonds. Now, it's not like the commission is entirely against electoral bonds. The major concern which we must understand is regarding transparency, that why are we not declaring the donors? So this, it said, was a clear retrograde step as far as transparency is concerned. It needs to be withdrawn straight away. And it also said, you know, if... Um, these are not reported in the contribution reports. It cannot even be ascertained whether the political party has violated existing laws in any way or, you know, has it taken the funding from a government company or even foreign sources. A lot of ambiguity was left around that because of the opacity of the electoral bond. Also talked about Section 182 of the Companies Act, where it said that, you know, it would enable setting up of a shell company and round-tripping of money, basically. So, you know, the whole purpose of such a company would be to just make donations to the political parties with no other business. Earlier, there was a clause which said that, you know, companies which show 7.5% in profit, only they can donate. And you can only donate up to 20% of your uh, revenue. In this case, there is electoral bond allows a company to donate its entire earning to a political party. It could do that and get away with it. So it could enable creation of a shell company is what the election commission's point of view was. So those were the problems with the amendments made when the electoral bond scheme came. And the EC has, you know, said it very strongly. That time, the chief election commissioner was uh, Mr. Naseem Zaidi. He took a clear stand on it. 
and um, successive election commission officials, the CECs, whoever has come in, has consistently maintained that this is not in keeping with transparency norms, not in keeping what the commission has always um, driven hard for and has recommended. It is not surprising given that the EC vociferously objected to the scheme, which accepted opacity as its essential feature. But now, with the Supreme Court shutting it down, it is back to what next for campaign and political funding. Can the EC really find a fix? Remember, none of this moves if the government doesn't move. The EC can make a recommendation, but if the government does not accept it, it doesn't really help, right? Because the commission cannot frame laws. So transparency laws is an election commission typically nudges the government of the day, keeps on pressing upon the law ministry and the centre that there's need for certain electoral reform, finance reform, campaign reform. There are often cases where the government of the day does agree to them. I think a lot of team effort and political will is required, of course, to ensure you bring transparency in election finance. Before electoral bonds, what was happening was it's not like that was an ideal situation as well. It's not like there was uh, complete transparency in election funding as well, even then. For instance, earlier, you know, even electoral trusts which were there, they did not declare their donors. It's only 2013 on when rule book came in that you have to declare the donors. Earlier, there was no cap also on uh, anonymous funding. Remember, since the 90s, at least uh, Indian elections are caught in a huge um, money race as well. Look at the figures even before electoral bonds came into play. You know, between 2004 to 2014-15, two-thirds of party funds, across parties I'm talking about, came from unknown sources, which, uh, you know, about 83% of the total income of the then ruling Indian National Congress, 65% of BJP's, 94% of Samajwadi Party, 100% of Bahujan Samaj Party, 86% of Akali Dal. You know, this is all documented data from EC, which Association of Democratic Reforms has often highlighted. All this was unknown sources. This is before the electoral bonds, when we had electoral trust and other mechanisms in place. So it was not like it was a perfect setup even then. Now, bond income, yes. Today, what has happened is after the electoral bond came, this has increasingly become the avenue for electoral funding. Earlier, there was something called the electoral trust where it is declared who is the donor. Now, that has been completely sidelined since 2017-18, since the bond came in. And 50% of uh, political party income is coming through the bond. So anonymity is something that uh, a political party will often use for funding. And it arguably even corporate donors prefer the anonymous route because they don't want to come out in the open and you know tell that we are donating to this particular party. Also, because once you do that, questions of quid pro quo arise, which will arise now when this data is declared. So for anybody to touch this area, you have to look at some bold moves. Some of them are, yes, you relook at the whole idea of party financing. But as Raghav points out, it's not as simple as black and white. Even as we interchange election funding and political donations, the Supreme Court has raised yet another critical problem that needs to be fixed. So there is a lacuna in our current legal regime. Uh, since there is no distinction between campaign funding and electoral funding. What this means is that, for instance, a political party has received donations from contributors. It may be an individual. Uh, that political party can utilize the funds received under the name of donations for even coming up or setting up its own party office, state, regional, or you know anywhere in the, in the country. So it is not accountable to explain as to under which head or for what purposes the monies received by the political parties were spent on. 
So the Supreme Court has said that this distinction, uh, this lacuna, so to speak, between the lack of distinction between campaign funding and liberal funding needs to be analyzed, needs to be looked into. Because if you're receiving monies from any contributor, it should ideally be uh, spent for the purpose for which it has been received. That is electoral funding on the campaign, on uh, perhaps even advertising through electronic, print or digital media, so on and so forth. If you have received monies from people or companies for electoral funding, would it be justified to spend that money on setting up a party office? That is a debate which needs to be gone into. But finance is just one leg of the problem, as the former chief election commissioner points out. It may not be financing that needs the immediate fix. Financing is one aspect and expenditure is the other aspect. So if you uh, plug the loopholes in the expenditure side, mm. then uh, financing requirements may come down. It is sort of uh, distorting the whole campaign. And whatever our former prime minister uh, once said, that in our country, every legislator starts his or her career by telling a lie in the form of <laughs> election expenditure statement because the candidate is seen is spending crores of rupees whereas the ceiling is 40 lakhs for an assembly and 95 lakhs for a parliament. Mm. Common man is not able to distinguish between expenditure by candidate own benevolity uh, vis-a-vis party expenditure. So, if we put a ceiling, if there is a law Mm. a ceiling on political party as well, that from this date till the conclusion of election, only this much expenditure you are supposed to make in every constituency. That will put everything in order and common man will not be confused. But this limitation on a candidate but the lack of one on a political party as imposed by law, is a massive loophole that needs to be fixed and fast. Why this ceiling provided by the Act? So that we ensure level playing field. Otherwise, only the rich will be able to contest election. Very good logic, very good reason for this Act. But the benefit of this is uh, they're taken away through the back door. Even if we give you 95 lakh or you spend 95, your party is spending 9 crores on you. 19 crores on you. So that disturbs the level playing field. Put a cap on the political party expenditure also. That is the, we borrowed our system, parliamentary system from UK. In UK, there is a cap on political party also. MP, candidate, party. But even as the election commission fills warehouses with public statements, white papers and recommendations, does the EC really have teeth? to impact a change. Even though law is not available, law is silent on the particular uh, issue, the Election Commission gets uh, a reservoir of power under the uh, 1977 ruling of Honorable Supreme Court 
that whenever a challenge is for the chief election commissioner uh, and there is no provision in the law to tackle that challenge the chief election commissioner is not supposed to pray to god to ask for powers in fact whatever the chief election commissioner decides within the framework of the existing laws and rules that becomes the law however whenever a law is existing for a certain thing election commission doesn't have power election commission has to implement that law enacted by parliament so there will be a need that our honorable parliamentarians they should understand if they want certain changes to be brought about by election commission then they have to make laws of uh, that nature but what are some of the options former chief election commissioner sy qureshi brings up some long standing recommendations instead of uh, state funding of election let us uh, do state funding of political parties based on their electoral performance now this cannot be fudged and what what do i mean by electoral performance for every vote that you get i give you 100 rupees now every vote that you get that cannot be fudged you aapko 100 vote mile aur aap kahenge mujhe to 10000 vote mile ye jhoot vote pe nahi chalta baaki har finance har cheez mein jhoot bola ja sakta hai ki ji maine itna kharch kiya itna wo ghata ke bada ke lekin vote kitne mile wo to sabko malum hai wo to sacrosanct figure hai so on the basis of 100 rupees per vote आपने इन पोलिटिकल पार्टी को देने आप बेमानी करके करप्शन करके डंडा चला के टांग तोड़ के जो पैसा जो उठा के लाते हैं वो पांच हजार करोड़ है अगर हम तो आपको सात हजार करोड़ बाई चेक विद डिग्निटी घर के घर में आपको दे, देने को तैयार है प्रोपोजल तो इसको सोचना चाहिए लेकिन इसको सोचना भी नहीं चाहते पोलिटिकल पार्टी क्या वजह है कि पोलिटिकल पार्टी पोलिटिशियन क्लीन के बिना जो बट देन द्वेश्चन is what happens to new parties do they not get a piece of the political funding pie uh, my answer has been no we can't give it to a party otherwise the moment you start uh, funding political parties 5000 parties will spring up in one month ke chalo sarkari election lada rahi hai mufti ko paisa chalo jhoot is sachi bogus party aa jayengi let them first prove themselves aam aadmi party is a great example they won the first election without any funding crowd funding is is earlier and performed now on the basis of their performance how much money will they be getting a great amount of money so therefore just as you know when you go to the bank for a loan the government expects you to spend your share first government will never uh, pay you money to buy land they say land you you should already have on to build on that uh, factory 
or a building we can fund it so therefore the initial investment has to come from the party they have to show their seriousness and then only the, this funding can be done finally the, uh, something on which debate should start that um, there should be a national election fund where donors can donate now to uh, after all don't be donate fund to prime ministers relief fund we are not scared of uh, any questions asked if we give it to the uh, pm relief fund similarly we give to the national election fund from there it will be distributed uh, to political parties according to the formula which i just now mentioned it's a very serious long pending suggestion uh, on various fora that there be a national election fund so to which everybody contribute there were reprisal ka dar ke maine because you are not giving it to any party yourself you are just giving it to the pool from the pool it will be allocated by somebody according to uh, agreed upon Motion. formula find an optimum solution so everywhere it is work in progress among all the democracies campaign finance has always been a work in progress uh, all democracies are trying all sorts of permutations and combinations they could not zero in on a perfect solution mm. so i think uh, democracy democratic polity will have to keep on struggling with all the stakeholders to bring about something which is acceptable to all as well as which is transparent enough to sovereign voter with that it's a wrap of this episode of the morning brief you've been listening to me your host anupriya nair and a big shout out to the team that put this together sirohini jain on production and indrajit bhattacharjee on sound stay tuned as this is not the last of the politics coming your way coming up next will the politics of pakistan where there's rampant mockery of democracy Anirban will have that for you on Tuesday so from all of us here at TMB thank you for listening in have a great day and a week ahead and stay tuned